This is Mango and Peppers. We are a podcast talking about current events and pop culture with spicy sprinklings of Asian American and Pacific Islander topics. This podcast is part of your soul's daily recommended nutrients. Today, we have with us the wonderful Annie Moore. Annie is an incredible human being, and we met, and me and Annie met through some youth organizing here that we were doing in St. Paul. Annie is a wonderful ray of sunshine, and fun fact about her is that she also has an incredible singing voice. So maybe she'll sing a song for us today. A hundred percent agreed. I actually met Annie while organizing in Minneapolis. Her commitment to the community is also what makes her amazing. So before anyone else can claim this, I want to say that I am her biggest fan. So um, just before like I even say anything, I got to say this line, you know, um, I'm going to rain on your parade and I'm going to say that my girlfriend is my biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) And anyways, uh, as Z and D both said, my name is Annie. You know, I go by she, her, her pronouns. Um, I am a Capricorn represent in the house. I don't know what you two are, but I'm a Capricorn represent. Hey. <laughs> and I'm also rainbow as heck, meaning I'm queer as heck. Shout out to my mom queer folks. Well, I, all I want to say, Annie, is that Virgos and Capricorns always get along. So I feel like this is why you and I have always vibed because we just, as Earth signs, we just get each other. We're just kind of like, yo, like we're just like hella grounded. And, you know, that's why I, when I first met you, I was like, I like Annie. She doesn't try to be like too boisterous or take up too much space, but just takes up enough space. So I really appreciate that about you. Um, And I just want to say thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. You are super stoked to have you. I mean, and also congratulations on your admittance to the U of M. Um, I know you're probably like right in the middle of getting ready, uh, both emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. So I'm just really grateful that you are here and sharing space with us today. Yeah, and thank you for having me and like letting me know ahead of time to not have dairy for this podcast because I always be having dairy. (laughs) Yeah, and it always ends in disaster. So thank you for not having dairy and for making it today. All the school days. (laughs) Oh man, good memories. You know, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that like Scorpios and Capricorns are also like notorious for getting along. And so I've never met a Capricorn that I didn't get along with. Um, you know, and I think there's something about water signs and earth signs that always do really well together or they just like ground each other really well so yeah that's yeah, a good party I, over here I, I love it <laughs> yeah um you know Annie if you haven't yet we're gonna have to spend some time to like go through your whole chart so we can like you know un- <laughs> unpack all of that yeah we don't have to do that online but like you know if you ever and if you're ever interested you know, you got a you got a unprofessional astrology expert over here. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's just a thing that I'm really passionate about. All right. <laughs> See, okay. I feel like you're going to appreciate the story. So me and Annie, we were doing this event together. You know, I'm like at the table, just trying to set stuff up, trying to like get ready for it. Oh my gosh. And out of nowhere, Annie comes up to me and Annie's like, hey D, just wondering but what's your sign? And, so, and I was like, I'm a Virgo. And then Annie and then our other like co-coordinator was like, oh my gosh. And then we like had this whole party because we like we found out that we were all signs that get along really well. And it was just so funny because it's like, I feel like between Z and I, Annie, we always get along with people who are really into like horoscopes and astrology and all of that as well. So I was like, okay, I already know Annie is going to be part of my like, my close circle of people that I go to to talk about spiritual things with. So, I mean, y'all ever read horoscopes and be like, oh my gosh, that's kind of true. Every, every day, day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all of that being said, Annie, I just kind of want to like delve right into it. Um, and so the first question that we had for you today was um, really around your Hmong identity and how that shapes you into who you are now and who you eventually want to be. To be honest, like, I love the intersectionality of, like, being a queer Hmong woman who is Generation Z. However, I do want to, like, point out that with these, like, like, identities, like, there comes a lot of discrimination and, like, oppression, you know, like, or that at least I've witnessed and based on my own experience. And I just want, like, to embrace those things, even though, like, there comes, like, a lot of issues and a lot of discrimination, like, with these identities that come with me. Um, however, like, you know, I am fluent in Hmong and like having that part of like me to me is like art and it's a privilege, you know, cause like, to be honest, not a lot of Gen Z know how to speak Hmong and like, I get to pass down that part of like the Hmong culture to like younger folks, whether they're Hmong or not. And just like other people in general who are like different culture, you know, and like, I really value like the Hmong language because you know, our ancestors used their language and tongue to pass down history that we never got to write down in like textbooks. Well, oh, no, thanks, Annie, for sharing. I mean, like, I resonate with all of that. Like, some days it's harder to really like love being Hmong, but on other days it's like everything about being Hmong, well, not everything, but like, there's a lot about being Hmong that we can love and embrace. And I think that it's always finding, like one thing I always say is that like, it's always like good to find a balance between like what you love about being Hmong and then also trying to find the things that you don't like as much and working towards like progress and making sure that like those things that are, you know, like oppressive to people in our community, like we always work to make sure that like we no longer have that. And so I really appreciated your answer. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Annie. And, you know, Dee and I talk about this a lot on our podcast. And, you know, as we all know, like the Hmong experience is not a monolithic experience. And that's something we always try to promote here on Mango and Peppers, you know, just because, you know, one Hmong experience doesn't mean that, you know, every single one. And, you know, you talked about that with like the just like the amount of intersectionalities that exist and like holding multiple identities, right? And even within those like intersections, just because someone is like, you know, among women who is like a queer and a part of like a millennial or a Gen Z generation doesn't mean that that's the exact same experience for someone who also identifies as that. And and so everyone's personal story is like really important to, um, you know, just contribute to, like you said, this like history of our people, um, you know, and, um, 
we all have different experiences, upbringings, and series of choices that has brought us to where we are now. So one thing I'd love to learn about you, Annie, is like, um, what is it about your identity that, um, you know, like you love or, and then what are you also still like holding space for that is like an obstacle that you're, you know, trying to like address? So like, um, being a queer Hmong woman came with like a lot of obstacles. Uh, for example, like I think breaking out of like the feminine stereotypes and female roles in the Hmong community was and still like is the hardest part of who I am, you know? And like being the oldest daughter in my family and having my parents being divorced, like I help my mother inside and outside of the house a lot. Like not only is it my role to cook and clean as a Hmong daughter, um, in the household, but it is also my responsibility to like travel far distant with my like mother if she needs someone. And I am also like the one who my mom like depends on to like learn about finance and help her with like applications, etc. And then on top of that, like being queer and still being expected to be in a like heterosexual relationship when in reality, like I would much prefer to be with the same sex, you know. Um, I think that's something that like a lot of like older generation like find it really hard to like understand just because like it wasn't around a lot um back then um even though like i'm sure that we had queer folks you know like back then you know back in the quote-unquote motherland you know in laos thailand um it wasn't like out there if that makes any sense you know and I think, like, it's also quite interesting because people, like, have said to me that I'm probably queer because of the gender roles that, like, my family gives me. But, like, no, like, actually, like, gender roles and patriarchy has nothing to do with, like, my preference on who I want to be with and spend the rest of my life with, you know? Yeah, seriously, Annie, I, I was just, like, yeah, I'm just, like, here for it, like, because I just want to hold space with you for first of all, you just being like really honest about your personal experience because that's not, you know, you know, like we, we want to give you this opportunity to share, but like you, you're more than welcome to share as little or as much as you want. And just being able to like hear your truth is something that like, I don't take for granted at all. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, to your point, Annie, like, um, queer people have always existed, right? Like as long as like the world has been turning around the sun, like queer people have been a part of the world. And so, um, you know, like there, I think you're right in that like there have like historically, especially with um, just like the tradition, like quote unquote traditional Hmong gender roles, um, so many people have felt like they couldn't live, live out like their truth and who they are. Um, and in America and coming to America and like, just kind of with how times have changed, I'm, um, you know, I just want to like be here to like affirm and validate you living in your truth, because that's not, like you said, that's not something that like, even maybe some people just a few years older than us, you know, feel like they can still do, um, let alone people who were, were our ancestors felt like they could openly um, be, you know, be and live into like who they are. So, so yeah, absolutely. I hear you on that. And yeah, we're like, as I, I feel like D feel free to jump in whenever, but you know, we're, um, 
we just want to say like, we're here for you, Annie. Like, I just want to say that. Yeah, no, oh, that is so cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in all honesty, yeah, because I feel like what you shared is really, it's still, unfortunately, I mean, it's like in our circles, I think that like, it's like queer relationships and like LGBTQ communities are being a, more, a little bit more accepting or we're being more accepting of communities. But the unfortunate truth is that I feel like the larger community as a whole, like what you're saying, Annie, is that like a lot of people still don't know. And when they don't know, there's still a lot of ignorance that is like surrounds just like what being queer means or like that just because you like someone of the same sex um, doesn't really define who that person actually really is. And um, I hope that we get to a point in our, like a point in our community and in our lives where like people don't have to like explain themselves in this way anymore. And I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of sad that we still expect people to do that. Um, And so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, I'm excited about, the future of what it means to be, you know, Hmong. I'm excited for what it means to be Hmong in 2030 and 2040, because like with each generation, we continue to, um, as long as we commit to like unlearning and undoing the harm that's been done onto us, we're going to be able to really like, um, like cultivate, um, such a like all of the beautiful things about like the Hmong culture right like you know Annie you you are like the most eloquent Hmong speaker that of like of your age that I've ever met and I am just like so impressed by by your Hmong you know and that's such a beautiful thing and like you said it's an art and that is something like worth preserving and I think like we we have to embrace like all of the different identities that come with like the Hmong culture, because again, being Hmong doesn't mean one thing, you know, and, and being Hmong transcends gender identity. It transcends sexual preferences. It transcends classes, right. And, and skin tones. And, and so like the more that we can live into like the, the diversity that is like what it means to be Hmong. Like, I feel like the more we can live into like our ancestors' wildest dreams and expectations of us being free people. You know, how can we be, how can we live into being free people if we continue to harm each other, you know? Facts, dude. Yeah. That's real stuff right there. <laughs> Freeze, like, I'm crying dude. over here, Z. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We ancestors <laughs> in the making, y'all. We re- truly, truly are. Um, All right. Well, we mentioned this earlier and, you know, Annie is a little bit of a rock star who has been all over the Twin Cities trying to plug in wherever she can. Um, And one thing I can't help but wonder is why community organizing is important to you, Annie? Well, like um, community based organizing is something that honestly, I'm just really like deeply and passionate, like deeply passionate about. Uh, because I am a huge believer that like if my community isn't doing well soon, if not yet, like I'm not going to be doing well. You know, um, I do feel like if your like community is not doing well, it's going to be a domino effect eventually. And like, I am someone who like loves taking care of other people. Like, to be honest, it could get really bad because like, I forget to take time to myself too, because of like how much of an extrovert I also am. And then how much I love that feeling of like helping those around me, you know, like seeing somebody else smile and knowing that 
I impacted that and I was also like what contributed to that makes me smile, you know? And like, I also think that like when we help each other in this world, like we benefit and appreciate life a little more, you know? Um, Honestly, like giving and helping others doesn't necessarily mean that like you always have to be in the front line during like protests and movements. Honestly, like you can just use your platform and freedom of speech to address issues. You know, I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, I have to go to protests. Oh, I have to like hold up a sign for like me to be like effective in this world, you know? Like, it could just be as simple as, like, signing petitions and spreading words of encouragement to those who are in the front line, you know? Or, like, your your neighbor. I don't know. You know, social media, you know? I think there's a lot of ways to do it. And you don't always have to, again, like I said, be the person who's in the front line holding up signs and, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs or, like, you know, doing chants with people at protests. Yeah, no, you bring up a really good point about how, like, this is it about you it's about everyone around you um and i think that that's a really good message to really spread now because a lot of people are so into themselves and they're so into like why would i do that when um i don't really even believe in that or like um why would i like you know spend my time to like do something that's not even going to change anything but at the end of the day it's about building community it's about taking that energy that you do have and putting it into other people right and um you know I can relate with you too when you say that sometimes you give yourself to others um to the point where you exhaust yourself and like I have a tendency of doing that too and I do that whenever I really believe in something or someone um and yeah of course like it takes time to figure out like what your boundaries are and like how to like sustain yourself. But like, I think at the end of the day, like, I mean, honestly, Annie, I love the fact that you already know that about yourself because like, I didn't find that out until like three months ago that like I tend to do that to people. And so like just hearing your self-awareness and everything, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Like I, I need to be you, Annie, whenever I I grow up. But um, yeah, (laughs) thanks for sharing all of that with us. Um, And so just like kind of like going back to what we were talking about, like organizing doesn't mean that you always have to like be at the center of it all. I think that one thing that I know about you is that you do a lot of the background organizing in this work. And I think you step up when you need to. You take the back seat whenever you need to. And you and I both met because we were involved in doing some organizing around or in the AAPI youth organizing circle here in the Twin Cities. And so um, what I know is that you were already doing this work the way before I even got in. And so, you know, like, I'm just curious to know, like, in all of your organizing experiences, what has been your favorite and why? Girl, I'm pretty sure you were in this way before I was, okay? <laughs> no, and when I got to that meeting, you were already, like, friends with everybody. So that's why I was like, oh, okay, who this? <laughs> so you were already in it, already on it, so. <laughs> well, um, to answer your question about, like, what was my favorite experience and why, to be honest, dude, that's really hard. I hate it when people make me pick. Um, I mean, I can't pick a, like, specific moment for you, but, like, for sure, working alongside um, Gai Yang, who is the director in programs and partnership, as well as Kay, uh, the youth coordinator in Coalition of Asian American Leaders, also known as CAL. Uh, these two are really resilient. Like, it's amazing. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. And like, they're very powerful women that I've met through the work that I've done. You know, um, Kay and Gai Yang are also the two leaders who really helped like educate me and facilitate me into becoming like the advocate that I am today. Um, to be honest, I feel like I don't thank them enough. <laughs> 
Um, and working alongside those two women was like spending a day with like my favorite celebrities, you know, in the political world and where, you know, I have migraines. Um, and knowing that like we are working towards the same goal is always something that like keeps motivating me because I see like them as my role models, you know, and they're older, you know, they're from two generations, two different generations, you know, and they were all from three different generations. So it's, it's great. <laughs> and then like, plus with them, like, I feel like I'm constantly learning. Um, and I think that that is so important when you're doing work, like doing these kind of work and communities, uh, because these are like decisions and like work that will impact people in the long run, you know, uh, our future generation, our future youth. Uh, and besides, like I discovered my passion for working with youth through like the amazing mentor, Kay, giving you a little huge like shout out and simp hair. Um, you know, as we uplifted and created the Asian American Youth Organization, BOBA, which stands for Becoming Organizer and Becoming Advocates. So I think during my time there, like, those are my fair moments and still are my fair moments. Yeah, so um, I think with that in mind, Annie, um, and as, you know, someone that has, again, been doing this for quite some time as somebody who, like, just naturally knows how to, like, make good connections with young people, um, you know, I wanted to ask your advice on, like, what you, like, what would, what advice you would give to people who are caring for young people, whether that's, like, organizing, there's just, like, they have young siblings, um, especially in this time when we're all trying to, you know, like, um, yeah. help people come um, into their political identities. Honestly, I think, I, like, advice or, like, something that I always keep in mind is, like, when you make decisions without youth, remember that you are impacting their future and and the generations after them. Um, I think that tends to happen. Like, I think what tends to happen is like people forget that like youth are also paying really, really close attention to decisions that their leaders and the people in power are making, you know? Um, I also feel like youth oftentimes are overlooked and like decision-makings or just anything political, which is like everything, because everything's political. Um, and especially like with the media, like messages and news are like flying around really fast and reaching youth like all over the world. So like they know what's going on, you know. Um, and plus, like people who are caring for younger people or youth, I should say, you know, should also remember that, yes, you know, you are doing the educating and you are trying to expand the youth minds. But like you also have to remember that you can also learn from them. Um, I think it's really important to always like learn from one another, regardless of age and experience. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like in the short time that I've gotten to know you, Annie, and I really mean like short amount of time, like it's only been like a couple months, but um, I feel like I've already learned so much about um, community organizing and about um you know, how to use your voice to make a difference. Um, and so thank you for like teaching someone <laughs> like me what you know, you know, it's so beautiful when we're all a part of this like sharing ecosystem, right? Where we're like co-creating and um, collaborating in all of these different um, spaces. Um, it allows us to naturally, like organically connect with each other and learn from each other. So, so I'm just like really grateful for everything that you shared. 
Yeah, and just to add to the love fest a little bit. Yeah, Annie, one of the things one of the things that you taught me is like how to show up as your authentic self. Because no matter what we were doing, like where <laughs> we were, you were just like always your authentic self. And you were just always so confident. And as I said earlier in this episode, you just like radiate this like ra- like the sunshine. Like the sunshine <laughs> just comes from you. And so like when I first met you, I was like, Okay, Annie, I really like you. Like I could learn some things from you. And so really grateful again, just to be able to share space with you in the ways that I have have so thank you and thank you thanks to your mom for giving birth to you (laughs) (laughs) pass that message along please (laughs) but yeah no um you brought up some really good points for all of us to reflect on and you know I think one thing that Z always brings up is that we are ancestors in the making and what we do today will have an impact on tomorrow and the days to come and so it's important that we nurture ourselves and the rising leaders in this community that we want to build. Um, and so all that being said, you know, like what is your hope for the future of the Hmong community? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's crazy because like I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this with my girlfriend too. Um, and I think really driving out like, well, what we talked about actually and what I keep like bring up constantly uh, in our conversation is like driving out the patriarch like out of our young Hmong males and then taking the good parts of our like culture in the Hmong community you know as future generations um then learning from and then also leaving behind like the bad parts of our culture to eliminate more discrimination from like the patriarchy and ageism because oh my god I hate that part of like our um home community and unfortunately like it is something that really exists you know um as much as like um some people in our community may like sweep it under the um the rug um because let's be honest like we do have so much like internalizing oppressions like patriarchy behaviors whether that's conscious or unconscious towards our home women you know um and like I said ageism um, there's also homophobia. And then also like externally, we have like we need to have more conversations about what it is like supporting other groups of people who have cultural cultural differences and color skin, you know. Um I also wanted to point out how like there's a lot of hate and harassment like upon the Hmong folks who did stand and who do stand with the Black Lives Matter movement that I witness a lot on social media, you know. Um Personally, I think we have to find a way to educate and like make those who have so much hate within them towards our black brother, black and brown brothers and sisters about history and why we support the Black Lives Matter movement, you know. But I am also someone who like believes that investing your time and energy into what you find is important is really crucial. However, like only those who are open and wanting to learn will start learning. Um if that makes any sense, again, you know, uh, fortunately, like we can only like repeat ourselves and like our point across so many times that things start to get really repetitive. And like, instead, like we can be investing like the energy that we spend arguing repetitively on Facebook <laughs> um, to like educate folks who want to learn and expand their knowledge and then make them prosper and like, you know, be influenced to like future generations. Yeah, absolutely. When I think about what it means to be Hmong, right? I think of like Hmong is, to be Hmong is to love, to be Hmong is to be free, to be Hmong is to uh, be just 
living outside of like colonization, you know? And, and when I think of like the, like why I'm proud to be Hmong, I don't think about patriarchy. I don't think about the oppression of marginalized peoples, you know? Um, Cause to me, that is the most, to me, that's like a contradiction to like who we are supposed to be at our core, you know? Um, and so I, I totally agree with you there, Annie. And um, all I, all I have to say is like, I just want to be you when I grow up, you know, <laughs> like if, if there's a way that I can turn back the clock and, you know, turn 18 again, I hope like it's so I can turn 18 and become Annie, you know, like, <laughs> I wouldn't exist yet, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, would I? No, I don't know. I don't know. I, Annie, how old do you think I am? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm bad at math. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's okay. I'm bad at math too. But the the sentiment, the sentiment is like, and again, this is this. A lot of this has to be with like learning from different generations, right? It's like no matter how old we are as long as we continue to learn from all people that inspire us, you know, and like, I still have so much growing up to do. And so, you know, Anna, you may be younger than me, but you have taught, you know, you have taught me and you will continue to teach me so much as I continue to grow up and grow into myself. So yeah, it's an honor and a privilege. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, I just want to say like, thank you too for having me honestly here. Like I say, like it was, it's really an honor to be here and like just like talking to you too because I feel like I haven't talked to you two in forever like literally and honestly like um I think having this platform like to speak my truth and my experiences is so significant because you know I get to be honest with everything and you know like I'm a very honest person like no sugarcoat kind of person and so like yeah like just having this platform to speak on like my experience as a queer Hmong woman is uh, really important because I don't know who could relate to me. So again, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, again, you have so much going on in your life right now. And so I know that um, it was a lot for you to be here with us. And so again, yeah. Anyone, anything, anything else you want to plug, Annie? Anyone, any other shout outs you want to make while you, st- while the mic's still hot? <laughs> Yo, shout out to Dua Yang, my mentor. I don't know if y'all know her. Dua Yang. Oh my gosh. She is so like, no, badass. we're not editing it out. You could edit that out <laughs> if you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah like she's so badass like she's my ride or die mentor like (laughs) yeah so I just wanted to give her a shout out because I think she's amazing and I feel like oh people need to know her so yeah that's all If you would like to share your thoughts on anything that was talked about this episode, or if there's a topic you would like us to discuss in the future, please feel free to drop us a line or maybe a few at hello at mangoandpeppers.com. Life can get busy, but it's always important to stay nourished. So thank you for choosing Mango and Peppers as your snack today. (laughs) 